This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will be glad and rejoice in it. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto thee, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Well, it's been a great weekend already. Bunches of folks have been baptized. God is moving. And man, we're excited about what God is doing. But now, this service has become our largest <clears throat> service across Faith Promise Global. And I want y'all to just turn around for just a second. Everybody just turn around that way. Those stadium seats ought to be filled. Anybody agree with that? So come on. Get praying, get inviting, bring them in, because God is doing something at Faith Promise Church. Last weekend, we were baptized, I think all the services, the Mississippi campus and other campuses, and I was back in the back right before this particular service, and, and I was watching, uh, somebody had already baptized, and I was watching Silky, one of our baptismal assistants, and she was crying so hard, she was shaking. And so after the service, I found her and said, Silky, what was going on back there? She said, well, she said, this lady was getting baptized, and her son, which is upstairs in the children's ministry, young guy, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, I'm not sure how old he is, asked the worker if one of the workers would bring him down and so he could watch his mom be baptized. So, so he did. And the worker brought him down and she was being baptized and she didn't know that he was standing over there in front of the baptistry. Well, as she was baptized, he started crying. He ran around and ran back up the, wa- the, the walkway up to the back and behind the baptistry. And his mother saw him coming and she was crying. And they just sat there, her soaking wet, just sobbing. And, and Silky was watching that and she was crying. Our God is doing some stuff, man. It is just cool. You know, a couple weekends ago, three weekends when we started this series, uh, you asked for it. We started it with a PG-13 weekend. And one of the things we talked about was, was sexual immorality and impurity. And we talked about people living together. And there's a couple, that don't, they don't go to this campus, they go to another campus. And uh, they came forward the next weekend during the invitation to repent because they were not married. They were both, had both had been previously married and she had kids and he had kids and they're living together. They brought all their kids down and they repented before the Lord and shared with the pastor that what we were doing is wrong. And we wanted our kids to hear us publicly repent before our pastor and before the Lord, and we will not sleep together. We are out until we get married, and we wanted our kids to know. And so God, listen, the Bible says the word of God will not return void, but it will accomplish that which God sends it out to do. By the way, uh, it is LifePoint that's got the Anderson County campus and the Campbell County campus will be voting next weekend to become a part of Faith Promise. So it'll be Pellissippi, it'll be North Knoxville, it'll be Blount County, it'll be UT downtown, it'll be the internet, it'll be Anderson County, it'll be Campbell County, and we're gonna be like Walmart. We are taking over in Jesus' name. And so, man, so cool, so exciting, it is awesome. Well, we, we broke this series, and if you're a first-time guest, we're thrilled that you're with us. We're breaking this service down a little differently. We have a shorter worship up front. I'll do about a 15-minute message, and then we'll do 15 minutes of Q&A that people have either, have either emailed in or you will be texting in during this message and during the Q&A. And so we're just answering questions. And this weekend, it is, it is really what I put in the category of lifestyle questions, or people said it like this. Can I do this? Is it okay to do this? Or what does the Bible say about X? Well, remember one of our values is God gets the last word, right? And so we care about what the word of God says. Millennia ago, when Israel was in one of their lowest points, 
Jeremiah was the prophet. They had been, they had been mauled and taken over by the Babylonians and meant all this stuff, and they were in such a low period. So the remnant went to the prophet Jeremiah and said, listen, Jeremiah, would you go ask God what we're supposed to do? It was really Jeremiah's series, you asked for it. And he said, would you go ask Je- I mean, God what he wants us to do? And Jeremiah said, I'm not doing it because you won't do what God says anyway. They said, oh, no, we'll do whatever God says. So Jeremiah goes, and he comes back, and he tells them what God said. And they said, we're not doing that. That's crazy. And Jeremiah said, I knew that you wouldn't. That's why I said I didn't even need to go ask God. Isn't it amazing how the people that say they love God find it, prob- find it problematic to obey God? Didn't Jesus say, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments? And didn't he say that? And so we who love God ought to obey out of that. Now, I want to I couch this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to present something to you that some of you may not have heard, but it's where the church is in America today. And that is, I want to couch this, what can I do in the balance between legalism and liberty? Does that make sense? Balancing between my freedom under grace to do what I want and making others fall because of my lifestyle choices. It is purity versus my party. It is holiness versus having it my way. And it's very difficult to balance. People fall on both sides of legalism, which is bad, or I can do whatever I want. It doesn't matter what anybody says, which is bad because the word of the Bible says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It matters how we walk in this world. Do y'all believe that? It matters. Anybody? There's three. Anybody believe that? It matters how we walk. So Titus said this, Paul said to the Titus in chapter two, verse seven, in all things, show yourself to be an example of good deeds with purity of doctrine, dignified. In second Corinthians chapter seven, verse one, he said this, therefore having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness, how we walk in the fear of God. Now, this is the way people ask questions. How close can I come to sin and not smell like it? You know what I'm talking about? How, what's the edge? But let me tell you, the edge is a very dangerous place to be. We live in the, we live in the dispensation of grace. We live under the new covenant and we are fully and freely forgiven. But listen to me, listen, if you're listening, say I am you will still reap the consequences for your actions. Let me just give you some bad news. This happened in our family. Friday night, Brian Marshall, who was the children's director upstairs, was arrested for uh, solicitation of a prostitute. Now, I want to tell you something. If you hadn't been around Faith Promise long, we don't do cover-ups here. We don't hide it. We bring it right out in front. We don't spin it. It just is what it is. Hey, and now Brian Marshall is loved by God, but we, but we terminated Brian Marshall's employment. Pray for Amy, pray for Brian, pray for their kids. We're walking with them. We haven't, you know, they're, they're, he's no longer employed, but we are still doing everything that we can do to help them. I want you to understand something. What you do has consequences to you, to your family, to your friends, and to the community with which you live. And, and frankly, we're, we're, we're begging God to protect us in the media in this horrible scenario. Because these are the kind of things that the media love. But we at Faith Promise have an unbelievably great relationship with the local media. 
whether it's television or newsprint or whether it's radio, whatever, we, we, we have a lot of folks that go here from the media. We have people that, that work here on our staff that used to be in the media. And so pray for protection. Pray for our kids' ministry. How do you tell a bunch of second and third and fourth graders that the director of that ministry was, was arrested? How do you tell that? By the way, just as a sideline, this is one of the reasons that this is a student in an adult service. See, this is an adult conversation, isn't it? And some of you right now are thinking, dang, I wish I wouldn't have brought my child in here. Well, let me encourage you, don't bring your kids in here. Amen? Right, that's four of you, amen? Now, I know your kid may not want to go upstairs or downstairs and want to come in, but last time I checked, you were the parent. Is that right? Are they going to get a choice whether they go to school tomorrow or not? Are they? No, they're not. They don't get a choice. They're eight. They don't think. They just move. Their little brains haven't kicked in yet. And so pray for Brian, pray for Amy, but that, that's just what's going on. See, how close can I come and not fall off the edge? He fell off the edge. Why not ask the question, how far can I stay away from sin and be a blessing to everybody that I know? How, how, how about seeing how can I do The Apostle Paul dealt with this as you read the New Testament because he dealt with the balance between legalism and liberalism, and he dealt with how a believer ought to deal with social issues that are sticky in the situation. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 8 because in this, Paul deals with a very sticky social issue that we don't deal with anymore because we don't dine at idols' temples. And so Paul in 1 Corinthians 8, 8 starts this. He said this, but food will not commend us to God. We are neither worse if we do not eat it, nor better if we do. Now he's writing to where there are Jews and the Jews were still following the Old Testament dietary laws. And let me tell you how horrible it was, no crawfish and no barbecue. And don't get between a pastor and his bacon. Are you with me? Thank God for the New Testament and barbecue. Man, I believe there's going to be a barbecue pit in heaven. Are you with me? And I'm going to have some ribs and some pork chops. Woo! About to get Pentecostal up here. And so these people thought that they were honoring God by not eating these things. They thought they were better. And so Paul said, now listen, guys, it's not about the food, but this is where he goes on. See, we have the liberty to eat whatever we want to, but, verse 9, but, take care, circle this, that this liberty of yours, now you have freedom, does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone sees you, you who have knowledge, dining in the idols' temples. See, they had, they had these temples where they worshiped idols. And they would sacrifice an animal to the idol, and on the other end of the temple, they had a restaurant. So they're sacrificing the idol, then they're cooking barbecue. And so he said, you know, if you've got knowledge, you, listen, an idol's nothing but a stick or a stone. There's no life, it's a dead, lifeless thing. If you who have knowledge, you know, dining in idols, uh, will this, if you see, if someone sees you, verse 10, who have knowledge dining at the idol's temple, will not his conscience, if he is weak, be strengthened to eat things sacrificed to idols? Will it? For though your knowledge, for through your knowledge, he who is weak is ruined, the brother for whose sake Christ died. And, 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 so, and so this is the deal. We have freedom to do all kinds of things. Amen? Right? But if we use our freedom and it hurts other people, 
then we've blown it. Verse 12, and so by sinning against the brethren and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. See, eating the food sacrifice out of wasn't a sin, but causing a brother to stumble away from God is the sin. He said, you sin against the brother and you sin against Jesus. Therefore, if food causes my brother to stumble, I will never eat meat again so that I will, cause, I will not cause my brother to stumble. That's a big deal for a carnivore. Are you eating carnivores in the house? Man, I'm a, you know, and Paul says, hey, I've got liberty, man. Those idols are dead sticks and stones, man. They can sacrifice that, they can sacrifice that cow. And man, I'm going to have me a steak here in just a minute. But he said, if that will cause a weaker brother to stumble, I'll never eat ribeye again. Does that make sense? He goes on in the next chapter because he's still dealing with how we treat social issues. And so in verse 12, of chapter 9, 1 Corinthians, if others share the right over you, do we not more? Nevertheless, we do not use this right. He's talking about, I'm teaching you and you really should pay me. He said, I've got a right as an apostle and your teacher for you to do some things. I have some rights. Nevertheless, we do not use this right. Just because you have a right doesn't mean you have to use the right. Does that make sense? Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Is it, the white, is it the wise choice in light of your current situation, in light of your future hopes and dreams? Is this a smart thing to do? Is this the wise choice? He said, but we endure all things so that we will cause no hindrance to the gospel of Christ. Pick it up at verse 19. For though I'm free of all men, Paul said, hey, I stand before one Lord and one master and one God. Nobody's my judge. Nobody. I am fully free, man. I'm under grace. I got all this. He said, though I'm free from all men, I have made myself a slave to all so that I might win more. To the Jew, I became a Jew so that I might win the Jew to those who are under the law as under the law, not being myself under the law, so that I might win those who are under the law, those who are without the law as without the law, not being without the law of God, but under the law of Christ so that I might win those those who are without the law, to the weak I become weak, that I might win the weak, I become all things to all men, so that I, by all means I might say some, I do all things for the sake of the gospel, so that I will become a fellow partaker of it. Paul said, listen, I am free, man, I don't, I don't bow to anybody but Jesus, but because of the gospel, I'll make myself a slave to anybody, and I'm going to do right so that people will be saved. Shouldn't that be our attitude? Four of you, shouldn't that be our attitude? Come on. Now, this is the deal. Anybody saved in the house? Let me hear somebody, all of our campuses. All right. So the minute that you were saved, you became God's property. You are not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your earthly body, and your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, and you are to do what God wants. Now, let me tell you what the church is doing in America today. Are you ready? The church is lavishing in its liberty. You say, but we're not under the law. We're not. We're under grace. For we are no longer under the law. For sin shall not be master of us. For we're not under the law. Man, we are grace. We can do these things. So let me tell you what I'm watching in America in the church. Are you ready? Because, man, it's my deal. I'm watching. We boast in our liberty, man. We boast in how much we drink as believers. Man, we, I watch preachers cuss because they have liberty and they're preaching and they, they're cussing. And people are boasting about what they drink and they're boasting about where they're going and they're boasting their liberty. And, and man, I'm watching this. I go to conferences. I hear all this kind of stuff. And my question is, but what does the world see when it watches us? See, are we more concerned with our liberty and our rights? Or are we more concerned about lost people who will go to hell forever? Are we, are we Christ followers? Are we Christ followers? 
All right, so then, then we are walking billboards for Jesus. You shall be my witnesses. Some of us are good, some of us are not so good, but we're all witnesses if we're a Christ follower. My question is this. Are you ready? If you're listening, say I am. Is there any difference between us and the world now? See, we want the world to come and meet our Jesus, but is there any difference? Same divorce rate in the churches without, same giving rate. We give the same to charitable organizations to the church as lost people give to charitable organizations. Same amount of abuse inside the church as they're out. Same, same amount of addictions inside the church as they're outside of the church. It's the reason our celebrate ministry is thriving and we thank God for it. But listen, are we trying to be like the world? Or is Jesus our example? We are clearly commanded in the canon. We, it is the reveal will of God that we are not to walk like the world. Are you with me? Does this make sense? Come on, I want you to listen in. Don't let the devil do it. Listen, I'm going to tell you what I've done. I quit going to Facebook. I have 5,000 friends on Facebook. You can only have 5,000. I have 5,000 friends. And I would go to Facebook and church members, the reason I went is so you could ask me questions. That's the reason I started Facebook. And people ask questions, I answer it, and then all of a sudden I'd see a church members, you know, what they posted on their thing pop up. And I would look and I'd go to that website and I would say, oh, how many kegs did y'all drink last night? Love your pastor. <laughs> and then I'd go to another site and I'd say, how many daiquiris did you down and how many empty cans of Budweiser? Love your pastor. And man, I'd go and somebody's just cussing up a blue streak. And I'd say, well, so sorry to hear how you use the language. Love your pastor. Delete. They just delete me as a friend. I don't care. I don't care. Man. I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to win a popularity contest. And I'm, let me, I just got so grieved, I said, man, I'm just not looking at it anymore. I'd rather just be dumb, fat, dumb, and happy and believe all the church members are walking with God than go to Facebook and see what I see. Does that make sense? See, Paul's walking through Greece and he's looking at all these idols and the Bible says Paul was grieved in his spirit. And I'll just close Facebook down and say, dear God, and this sucks. And I just closed it and said, that's it, man. I'm just not, I'm not looking at it anymore. I'm just not looking at it, I just because just it grieves me. The scripture asks this question, what sort of people ought we to be in holiness and conduct? What sort of people? Now listen, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. Are you with me? It's not my job. But shouldn't our witness matter to us? Shouldn't our testimony and our witness, shouldn't it matter that you want your friends and family to be saved? Now, you know what? Let me answer one of the questions. Does the Bible say it's a sin to drink? No, the Bible never one time says, it never says it's a sin to drink. If you want to have a glass of wine, the Bible doesn't say there's anything wrong with that. But does that mean we booze it up and we party and we tell the world that, we're, hey, man, we're safe so we can party as much as you? Is, it, is that what? No, matter of fact, if you want to know, go to your concordance and look up everything about wine, beer, liquor, and alcohol. Because we are warned over and over, don't be drunk, don't be addicted, don't be, don't be, don't be. Don't look at wine when it is red in the cup. For it goes down smooth and it comes back and its bite is like a viper. And so, and so let me tell you, I, I'm, a, I'm a teetotaler. I don't drink. And I don't not drink because it's a sin to drink. My witness means more to me than a cold beer. Now, you want to have a cold beer sitting in your back? I'm, I'm not saying you can't do that. I'm just saying that I'm careful. We were, Michelle and I were at dinner with a, a family that goes here. Love them. Great friends of ours. 
And the, the waitress came or the waiter and, and said, what would you like to drink? And they got a glass of wine or something. And they said, Pastor, Michelle, would you guys like a drink? I said, no, thank you. A few minutes later, they said, do y'all drink? I said, no, we don't. No, we don't drink. Really? You don't drink? No, we don't drink. Well, you know, the Bible doesn't say that it's a sin to drink. We, we, yeah, we know that. That's no problem. And he said, so why don't you drink? And I said, and his daughter, I think she was 15, was at the time. And I said, let me ask you a question. He said, go ahead. I said, what do you think your 15-year-old daughter would think when she watches her pastor drink? And he said, I don't know. And I said, that's why I don't drink. That's why. Because my witness matters more. I'm not going to boast in my liberty. I'm going to boast in my weakness that Christ might be made strong. Bible says everything's lawful, but not everything is beneficial. Not everything is good. Now, let me tell you what I'm begging God for. I'm begging God for a revival. A Holy Ghost, heaven sent, devil stomp, a Jesus exalting revival that the power and the glory of God falls on every one of our campuses, that every service is packed with people coming, seeking after the heart of God, where people are saved every day, where marriages are restored, where addicts are set free, where the greedy are, are, are set free from the love of money, where people are, where God's restoring families, where children are being called to serve God where students are radical for Jesus, where people are coming and blind people are getting their sight and dead people are hearing and God's glory is so thick in here that we have church under the chairs in Jesus' name. That's what I'm asking God to do. And listen, that is more important to me than my liberty to drink some Boone's Farm. Now maybe that dates me. Well, Mad Dog 2020. See, how do we, <laughs> help me, Jesus, it's going south, I feel it. So how do we, how do we strike a biblical balance between, liber, between, between legalism and our liberty? Man, I don't want to go back to the 50s where it was evil to play cards. Dear Jesus, what preacher stood up and told somebody they're going to hell for playing old maid? Get a grip. You know what I'm talking about? Now listen, I don't want to go back to the days where all the women got to wear long dresses and sleeves down to their, you know, down to their, you know, hand and can't wear makeup. Put some on in Jesus' name. <laughs> Dang. I love what Billy Graham said. Any old barn's better with a coat of paint. Slap it on, sister. <laughs> and he got me, how could somebody get to the point that that's a sin? It's a help. Get it. Get after it. But, but see, again, what, 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 there's the biblical balance. Is it fashion or is it faith? Listen, there are times that I'm preaching. I'm not lying. I'll walk to a section and look, and all I'll see is a pair of tatas aiming right at my face. And I'll say, dear God, would somebody get that woman a shirt? Because she forgot it. She's wearing her bra to church this morning. You, you know what I'm talking about? See, is it faith or is it fashion? I've, well, listen, I've watched people line up here. In prayer, it looks like a plumber's convention. Every girl's got a butt hanging out. I'm, y'all know what I'm talking about? And I'm thinking, they don't even know. Somebody cover them up. I'll just stand behind people so they can't see. <laughs> see, are we more concerned that people think we're attractive or are we more concerned about being modest and being holy before God? Does this make sense? <sighs> God, as we... Uh, move to answer some questions. As we strive to find the balance, and God, you know our, Father, you know our, uh, you, you know our bent toward, toward excess on one side or the other. God, would you help us to be holy in conduct 
that the world would see Jesus in us. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said... Rocky musicians at Faith Promise Church. Man. And really that's, this message is about walk this way. How am I to walk in the 21st century? How am I to walk and honor God and point people to Jesus? How is it that I walk? So many of you know, this is Michelle. She's over all of our worship and creative arts and my wife. And this is Kyle Gilbert. Kyle is of our internet campus, our communication all things that happen outside, does all of our graphics and all that stuff. And so welcome these guys to the stage at Faith Promise this weekend. All right, Michelle. Okay, I'm going to hit you up with a new one, okay? Is it okay for Christians to practice martial arts and yoga since they are both rooted to false religions? Okay, all right. (laughs) So yeah, absolutely. Um, Martial arts has a... Eastern religion undergirding um, and philosophy. And so I, I think the way I would answer this would be the same way that I would answer public school. I mean, you, you, is, the, is the undergirding of public school, is it a Christian uh, foundation? No, absolutely not. And so in the same way, I think if you're a parent and you have kids that are doing martial arts, you need to make sure that you're involved, you know what's being taught there. Um, if it's getting major spiritual, then that, that may not be an appropriate place. But you need to watch, you need to help inform that situation, just like you would with school. You want to make sure that, that what your kid is understanding, that they're, they're being disciplined, that they're raised to be disciples um, of, of Jesus and not just follow the ways of the world. So you, you have to be careful. You have to have discernment. But I think this area of liberty. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Michelle? Great. Okay. Um, Is there an unforgivable sin? Oh. Mm. Jesus Jesus speaks of of blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is attributing a work of the Holy Spirit to the devil. And Jesus said it is an unforgivable sin. Now, that is... I'm just going to be truthful. I don't, I don't completely understand that. Kyle, do you, do you, I, I don't, I mean, cause I was about to punt it right over to you uh, I, because a believer can't, cannot lose his, his or her salvation. So I would say that I don't think a believer can do that. So I, I, uh, I, I think everything is forgivable and I don't understand how that plays out in the rest of scripture. I, I can't reconcile that in my mind. So. But trust me, I don't know is an apt answer for me because we serve the mysterium tremendum. 
We serve the creator of the universe that's so far above us. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And so it doesn't bother me that there are things I can't reconcile because God is so far above my head. If I thought I could comprehend all of the word and all of God, then I would be him. Michelle? Mysterious tremendum. Yeah. Hmm. I would tweet that, but I don't know if I could spell all yes, that. Yes, Latin. Okay. Okay. I'm assuming this is from one of our teenagers. At least I hope it's from one of our teenagers. Is it okay to hang out with people who drink underage? Well, I would say that if, if you lay down with dogs, you come up with fleas. And so the scripture is very clear that bad company corrupts good morals. And so if you think that you're going to maintain a certain lifestyle, but everybody you're hanging around with is living another lifestyle, you will ultimately become that. Now, on the other hand, how do you witness to those people? You can be with them in a setting where they're not drinking. I would not put myself in, the Bible says to abstain from even the appearance of evil. So I built, I built protections and safe, fell safes in my life. You know, if I drove past one of you ladies on the side of the road and you were broken down, I would stop I would give you my car, but I would not pick you up and put you in the car with me because the next person that passed me would be another faith promise member and say, hey, I saw the pastor with some blonde that wasn't Michelle or his daughter. And then my ministry could be ruined by simply an innuendo that wasn't true. So I built fell safe sin. I would say that if people are out drinking and especially underage, man, don't hang out with them when they're doing that. If they say, hey, where are you going? Say, you know, this is illegal and I love Jesus. I love y'all, but I love Jesus more. And so I don't want to put myself in this situation. I have homosexual friends who are actively seeking God. How can I help them? Kyle, you want? Man. Yeah. Uh, definitely as believers who are called to love people, we want to extend uh, love and grace to everybody. And um, no matter what sin or hang-up people have, and I think there are times when um, you have windows to share faith. I think it's different if they are uh, a practicing uh, homosexual and, and they're calling themselves a Christian versus not. Um, because I think if, if that's the case, and you as your friend, as, as a friend of theirs, you have a responsibility to... Um, to, to share with them that that's, that's against the teaching of Scripture. Otherwise, uh, you, you need to love on them. I mean, if they're not saved, then, I mean, every, non-Christians, they sin. I mean, <laughs> that's just the way it is. So. If they're not saved, homosexuality is not even the issue. Yeah. The issue is Jesus. Absolutely. Don't even talk about that. Why, why do we make everything about sexual orientation? If they're lost, tell them about Jesus, how they get to heaven. And then when they start talking about, you know, things that are right and wrong. Anything else? No, that's it. Yeah, love them, man. Love everybody. Love, you know, love them. Uh, okay. What is the Bible's stance on interracial marriage? Well, Moses, a, a Jewish man, was married to an Ethiopian woman that was a black lady. The Bible does not speak to interracial marriage. God is colorblind. I don't care if you're red, green, purple, or yellow. Uh, there is no, there is no admonition. And, and I'm going to tell you what, what prejudiced people do. Prejudiced people try to find something in the Bible to prove their point that it's wrong only because they don't like it. 
You know, if you're, if you're against, if you have a problem with interracial marriage, so whatever color you are, you have a prejudice issue. And Jesus said, or the scripture says, how can I love God whom I have not seen if I do not love my brother whom I have seen? And so if you're prejudiced, you need to begin to repent of that sin and everybody is welcome at Faith's Promise. We don't care what race, creed, or color. We don't, we don't care where they come from. We don't care their background, socioeconomic status. We're going to love everything that walks, crawls, slides, glides, flies, hives, dies, or rides through any door at Faith Promise Church in Jesus' name. But let, me, let me say one more thing about that. And I've got a friend that goes here, and he's African-American, and his wife is, is, is white. She's Caucasian. And at, we, we were at lunch, and I said, you know, how did you guys get to Faith Promise, biracial? And he said, well, we went, to, we went to black churches, and we were shunned because I was a black man married to a white woman. We went to white churches, and they fawned all over us like we were from Mars. They surrounded us, you know. And he said, we just want to come to church as a couple, not a black and white couple. We just want to come to church as people. It doesn't matter what color we are. So we just look at people as people created in the image of God that Jesus loves and we love them and, and man, we don't care what color they are. This church is heaven practice and it's going to be rainbow in heaven. Amen. Okay, I've been thinking about getting a tattoo, but have been getting negative comments on it from my family members who say the Bible teaches that it is wrong. Is it a sin to get a tattoo? What does the Bible say about getting tattoos? Well, since we had a revelation from heaven last night that Kyle has one, we will allow Kyle to answer that question. Oh, Actually, yeah. we tried to get Kyle to show it to us at the service last night, but it, remove, it required removing some wardrobes, so we immediately repented of that. Yeah. And so, I've heard that was uh, not acceptable in the employee handbook. So yes, definitely not. <laughs> Yeah, uh, in Leviticus, it actually says, don't, don't tattoo your bodies or cut your bodies for the dead. Uh, I am the Lord. And, and so that's definitely something, I mean, it's, it's in Scripture. But as you look at the context of that passage, you see that, um, that there's other things that it's, it's clear that, that anytime you see something in Scripture, you should always be asking, why is this here? The context of that passage uh, it's clear that it's talking about being different from the world. It's saying, don't be like the pagans. You're, you're supposed to be different. So um, this is definitely one of those where you, you can't just pick and choose what you want to obey or not obey in Scripture. But this is one that the context is pretty clear that there's some, there's some liberty. There is some cultural shift. But should you get a tattoo? Man, that, you know, really that's something you need to think about. Uh, if the application is you should be different from the world, then you, you need to consider that. But the verse before it says, don't cut your hair or your beards on the side. So I think, I think this is definitely an area where we wouldn't teach one or the other. We that's wouldn't right. say you can't do this um, just because it's not that clear given the context. But at the same time, I would say this. Um, Things change, styles change, right? So I have this tattoo, it's on the back of my shoulder. Uh, you, what's cool now is not cool 10 years from now, usually. It's certainly not 20 years from now. So keep that in mind. Also, you know, this is, this is a body that's been given to you. Did my tattoo improve on God's creation? 
you know, I, I, I don't know that it, I would say that it did. But absolutely, this is another area where I, there, there's some liberty as believers where you know, we just wouldn't say this is a sin to do it. Yeah, but it's going to be there a long time and it's going to sag. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, uh, just, just, just be wise and be careful. Ladies, I would warn the ladies more than others. You know, if you're going to get a tattoo, be careful where you put it. Because it, it, if it becomes not cool, there, there, there are some tattoos, I don't care, you can't dress around them. There's no way to hide them. So just be, be wise. You know, we have a worship leader that's got Jesus on his arm. And when he's leading worship, I see it, man, right down his forearm, Jesus. Uh, and so, yeah. I was just thinking about one of those shirts. Our guitar player was taught with the Christian shirt for the ladies. Yeah, yeah. He said we have ladies that wear, that wear Old Testament shirts. Lo and behold. And uh, <laughs> so. I guess that's under the modesty clause. Yeah, that okay. is. Well, we have time for one more question, and I think this would be a great one to wrap it up. When should my continual sin be considered a sign of lack of salvation and not excused as a carnal Christian? Oh, that's good. That, that is good. Read that one more time, please, okay. while I think. When should my continual sin be considered as a sign of lack of salvation and not excused away as being a carnal Christian? Well, that is a... That's, that's a, then these guys do a great job. Are they, no, are they awesome? Because the Bible talks about continual sin. And is it an addiction? That would almost, I would almost have to have a little more information to answer that question. Because we, you know, the Apostle Paul said, man, the things I don't want to do, I do. And the things that I want to do, I don't do. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of sin? And a body of sin was a Roman form of execution. If you murdered someone, they tied them on you. And as that rotted corpse rotted and the infection would go from that corpse to you and that rotted body would kill you. And so the apostle Paul said, who will deliver me for this body of death? Because we got this sin in us, this waging war. Would y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about? There's a daily battle. And so that's a, that would be, that's a very hard question to just to gloss over. We're to be holy. We're to walk in purity. But we all, all, me, all of us struggle with things, don't we? And aren't you grateful for Philippians 1.6? He that began a good work in you will perfect it unto the day of Christ Jesus. He's not done with us. Amen. We're a work in, we're a work in progress. Praise the Lord. So... Come on out, band. You guys come on out and get ready for one last song. As these guys are coming out, you know, as, as you've listened to this, and, and man, this, is a, this was a hard-hitting message, wasn't it? But if faith promise, we just don't pull punches. Man, we're not politically correct. Man, we, we're biblically, we want to be biblically correct. We don't want to please the world, and, and we're not out to win popularity contests. We're out to populate heaven and depopulate hell. And so we're out to make it hard to go to hell from East Tennessee. Now, that puts us on the devil's radar. And I think even what happened to Brian is an attack of the enemy against our church. And we have to understand that, that we're out, man, an elite, on the leading edge in East Tennessee in ministry. And the devil hates us. And so you're a part of this. And maybe, maybe the enemy's attacked you. Maybe there's an area that you've let down that you're saying, man, I really need to up this game. There's gonna, come on, pastors. There's going to be pastors, men and women down here love to pray with you. 
or take your communication card and maybe you need to talk to one of these guys about salvation or maybe you want us to call you or baptism or maybe you need to get in our next steps class or sign up to be in a group or sign up to serve whatever you need if you'll if you'll take and fill that card out and drop the offering box we'll we will help you we'll call you listen none of us are perfect we're we're not a we're not a showcase for saints we're a hospital for sinners and i'm not the doctor i'm a patient amen and so together we're going to walk it out Together, and these guys are here to pray with people. Maybe somebody's done something to you, a Christian that's hurt you deeply. Let, let, God, let these, these folks pray for you. Because, man, we just we serve a gracious God. So man, take fill those cards out wherever you need and put those in the offering boxes or these guys are here to pray. Let's stand up and let's begin to worship. Don't we serve a great God? Come on, give him praise, church.